Alright, good morning, good afternoon or good evening my fellow Trash Talkers, whatever time you are tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with Dave Bork and I'm your host Dave Bork. It is Wednesday the 24th of January 2024, this is episode number 15 of our NFL pod and is going to be a nice little divisional round recap. Another brilliant weekend of playoff footy for all our NFL fans out there. Buffalo, oh Buffalo, dear oh dear, once again they just can't seem to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, they can't, it's disappointing, it really is, anyway we're, uh, we're going to run through our best of the best as well as our time to take out the trash, we've got a couple of questions, come on through, thank you for sending those through, at Trash Talk with D-Bork there on Instagram and TikTok. Um, we'll also run through our best bets for the conference championship games coming up on Monday morning here in Sydney. So it's going to be two pretty incredible games coming up. And can the fairy tale continue in Detroit? He's hoping. All right. Why don't we run through our best of the best? Let's start this thing off with none other than the MVP himself, Lamar Jackson, and this Baltimore defense. They were incredible. Against the Houston Texans, they really were. Lamar, if you look at his box score, you're like, oh, he didn't really light him up through the air, probably like we thought he was going to. But he went 16-22 to for 152 yards, two touchdowns, just yeah, efficient, just looks after the pill. But probably what was best for Lamar, though, he had 11 rushing attempts for 100 yards, two touchdowns as well. And that touchdown he scored really, well, the first of two anyway, kind of set the tone, I think. Uh, for Baltimore, they just... Yeah, it was an overall team effort, though, really, for them. Because you look at overall on the ground effort for them coming up against the Houston defense, who's been much improved this year with D'Amico Ryans. They really have. They ran for 229 combined on the ground. Justice Hill was great. Uh, Gus Edwards ran enough. I think he ran for about 40-odd himself. So that's that's a big, big win for the Baltimore Ravens, especially coming off... Coming off a buy, realistically two buys, I guess, for them, given that their last round of the season or last week of the season, they didn't really have to play at all. They played the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of their backups played. So Lamar had sat for technically two to three weeks. And coming into this one, he just looked like he didn't really miss a beat. (laughs) And overall, their defense as well, especially holding a Houston Texans offense to 10 points, they didn't actually score an offensive touchdown either. Like They really just had no answers at all. Uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Devin Singletary just couldn't get going at all on the ground, which probably made things a lot tougher for CJ Stroud coming in as a rookie here in a, in a, in a very tough environment. If Singletary was able to get something going on the ground, especially against the Baltimore defense, if it is their one negative, it is that they haven't really been able to defend the run. They stuffed him and realistically just stuffed their whole offense. <laughs> I'm going to say the only touchdown came from a punt return for the Houston Texans. But overall, a phenomenal season from the Texans and CJ Stroud. He was incredibly, incredibly good. And we may have ourselves a new a new king in the AFC South. The, the quarterback play in that division is going to be fun for, for many years to come because they're super young, you know, with him and Anthony Richardson, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Will Levis, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, all credit to them. They, they had a fantastic year, but they just ran into arguably the best team in the league right now and have been have been all year. They really have the Baltimore Ravens, and they are going to go into that matchup 
coming up this weekend for the AFC Championship and a, and a chance to make the Super Bowl f- with full confidence, especially if Mark Andrews is involved in that game. He's going to be one to watch, but they may be too good in the end even without him. But you'd think adding him in is just yeah enormous for, for an offense that simply can't be stopped right now on the ground or through the air. So well played to Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens. Another team, another number one seed coming off that first round bye. It's always, you know, you've got to shake off a bit of rust. And they looked a bit rusty early, that's for sure. At the San Francisco 49ers and Christian McCaffrey, let's be honest, the real MVP of the league, if Lamar didn't go in and, yeah, I guess somewhat destroy the Niners uh, on, their, on their home field. McCaffrey went for 98 yards on the ground on 17 attempts for two touchdowns, a game-winning touchdown at that late in the piece. Brock Purdy was, was big time in that drive. He also had 30 receiving yards on seven receptions. He's a lot of check down stuff with Purdy, but he just adds another threat. He really does, McCaffrey. He's, he's clearly their best player. He is as good as Purdy has been this year. Uh, it's McCaffrey or nothing for this team. It really is, especially with the loss of Debo Samuel. So, But like we said, Purdy did stand up late in this, in this one with that big last game-winning touchdown drive, I guess if you want to call that. A couple of big passes to Chris Conley being one who filled in. Nicely for Debo Samuel. Juwan Jennings was was huge for them too, George Kittle. But overall, Purdy went 23-39 for 252 and a touchdown in a 24-21 win. Tough loss for that Green Bay team, really was. They were, to be honest with you, probably the better team overall on the night. If you think about it, towards the start of the game, when they went for it on fourth, fourth and short inside the Niners' 10, I feel like they got it. They got an awful spot. That's kind of one of those things that really needs to be reviewed. I mean, spoke about it enough in our time that the NFL is an awful, awful, awful officiated sport. And especially when a call like that is so big in the context of the game, I know it's early, but if they get that and then go ahead to score on that drive, they're up big early. And, you know, with the level of confidence that Jordan Love was playing, playing with, Aaron Jones was playing some great footy too, the Green Bay Packers were just extremely hard done by and obviously missed a, missed a field goal to, to Carlson as well, So, but we'll mention that a little bit later. But a tough tough night for, for Packers fans, but overall, as long as the Niners have CMC healthy, they're going to be a tough out heading into the NFC title game on Monday morning as well. But they'll do it tough, though. They really will. They, they look like they were lights out towards the start of the year, and if Debo Samuel's underdone... I give the next team we are going to be talking about here in our best of the best every possible chance in the world. Yeah, it's the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff and Jimmy Gibbs just huge, huge nights from them against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Goff went 30 of 43 for 287 and two touchdowns. Jimmy Gibbs had 74 rushing yards on nine attempts for a touchdown of his own. That was electric. Also had 40 receiving yards on four receptions. You know, Jared Goff really just he dimed out in the second half. It was a bit of a dour affair in the first. It looked like Detroit were kind of going through the motions and maybe it was a, I don't know, maybe they were a bit nervous at the same time because Baker was definitely balling out in the first half, especially that last last drive to, to finish the half. Detroit were looking, they were in a bit of trouble. It was tight, especially going into the last quarter. But, you know, Jared Goff, he, he stood up. He did especially on a night where they couldn't really get a whole lot going on the ground to their bell cow in David Montgomery. It's the second time they've kind of stuffed him. They stuffed him in the in the first meeting, stuffed him up again here. He only ran for 33 yards on 10 attempts. And if you look who you're coming up against this week against the San Francisco 49ers, they're, 
their D-line is a tough one. It really is. But Aaron Jones had himself a night, so maybe that gives them a little bit of confidence going in with Monty and Gibbs. If Monty can't seem to get it going, then you feel like you're going to get a lot more Jameer Gibbs in the NFC title game for sure. And Gibbs is a lot better kind of in that passing game as well. And coming up against a Niners defense that's been susceptible to pass catching backs or you know overall secondary play for the Niners hasn't been great. I give this Detroit team every chance in the world of making a Super Bowl this week, for sure. I do. It's, it's crazy to say, I know, but yeah, you got to give them every chance. Uh, but going back to the game itself against Tampa Bay, give Tampa all the credit in the world. I know Baker threw a late pick in that one to, to eventually lose, but at the end of the day, they were still a chance to, to win a game in Detroit. And if you would have said that to any Tampa Bay fan at the start of the year, that you're going to be a chance in the last drive of the second round of the playoffs. I mean, I don't think anyone would have thought they were making the playoffs, but they would have taken that for sure. And I feel like you've got to offer, or you've got to pay Baker something going into next season. I don't, I don't think you can turn your back on him now, especially considering that they've still got pieces around him to work with. You know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten was, was awesome for Baker late in the season, especially in the playoffs. So, yeah, I've... I'll I'll be I'll be rolling with Baker again next season for sure. It showed that if he can stay healthy, this this offense has something. And defensively, if they can fix up their secondary, then you'd like to think this team's gonna once again, I guess, rule the NFC South. Maybe if Atlanta obviously have a changing coach, which is a chance, but they're gonna go into the season next season with a new quarterback too. So Tampa definitely have a lot more stability there. They shocked a lot of people this year by making a run here, and you'd like to think that they're going to be thereabouts once again next season for sure. So great overachieving season for the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there. And last but not least, like we said before, Buffalo, 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 dear, oh dear, honestly. I don't know what to say about this team. (laughs) If there was ever a year that the Bills should have beat the Chiefs and went on to play in that AFC title game against the Baltimore Ravens, it was this year. It really was. But it's not to be, mainly because of this guy right here, Isaiah Pacheco. He is an animal. Yeah, you thought we were going to say Patrick Mahomes there. No, 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 no. Isaiah Pacheco. He is a beast. He's a running bull. 15 rushing attempts for 97 yards and one touchdown. Also had a 14-yard reception. He just runs with so much aggression. He really does, and he made sure that this Kansas City team wasn't going to have to punt the ball at the death by having a, a big first down conversion, or he ran for at least eight and kind of got him to that second and short there, so they needed a couple more from him, and he just he kept on running again <laughs> on the second one. He's just, for a guy of his build who is he's not you know he's not built like Derrick Henry or, or any of those kind of bigger running backs, he's just a guy who just keeps his legs moving. And I don't think he's actually talked about enough in this offense because everyone's like, oh, you know, Mahomes, just he'll, he'll get him to a Super Bowl or he'll win him a Super Bowl or whatever. They don't win the Super Bowl without Isaiah Pacheco. They don't have a chance against the Baltimore Ravens this week if Pacheco does not do what he has been doing, which is running the ball aggressively and picking up, you know, at least, at least 70 to 80 yards on the ground if they are any chance of beating the Ravens this week. He has to have a big night. Because if you look at Mahomes' stat line against the Bills, it wasn't outstanding, but he also didn't do a whole lot wrong. He just does what 
Mahomes does, to be honest with you. Uh, went 17 to 23 for 215 and two touchdowns. Both touchdown passes to Travis Kelsey, who hadn't scored in two months. He had five receptions for 75. Mahomes also brilliant on the ground too. He's got a he's got an interesting running style, and he's someone that has hurt my feelings from time to time uh, in Tennessee for sure in that AFC title game a few years ago now in 2019-20 season. But he just keeps plays alive with with his legs, and he'll find you. He will. And if you once again the Chiefs, you know three, four-point outsiders this week and over this dynasty kind of run that the Chiefs have had, Mahomes wouldn't have had that all that often. He now plays his second ever game on the road in the playoffs after passing the first test in Buffalo. Yeah, it's hard to put a line through the Chiefs. This one's going to be a much tougher battle against Baltimore, but yeah, I mean, if you've got Patrick Mahomes and Pacheco and Kelsey, I guess you give yourself every chance in the world, but... We will talk about that game and a whole lot more, obviously, in our bonus episode tomorrow, covering both conference finals games. But that is the best of the best wrapped up for the divisional round of the playoffs. Again, four great games of footy. I think if you look at, you kind of look at the scores, especially more in the Baltimore-Houston game, you're like, ah, that was a beatdown. It really wasn't. Houston hung around for long enough in that contest to give themselves every chance Ditto, you know, Detroit and Tampa, that was tight. Buffalo <laughs> Buffalo KC was tight. San Fran Green Bay. Yeah. It was it was a great weekend of footy. It really was. Unfortunately though, we are gonna have to take out some trash because there is some to be dealing with. Uh it's not all it's not all glory with the best of the best. We got some trash to uh to take out here in the divisional round. All right, we don't have much, but we've got some because, like we said, it was such a great weekend of footy. We're going to start with kickers. I think a lot of people will know from time to time that kickers are not my best friend, and they're also not a lot of teams' best friends, to be honest with you. That was tough. It really was for for Anders Carlson and Tyler Bass, both missing crucial kicks to you know give their teams, I guess, an enormous chance of winning, winning the game or even, you know, somewhat progressing to overtime at the very least. It's disappointing that, you know, I think a lot of people probably will look at it and say, ah, oh, the kickers cost us the game. It's it's garbage. It's really not. It's not. Like, yes, they should have kicked it. Both kicks were, I guess, in the elements as well. You know, Green Bay, San Fran was raining. Baltimore, you're dealing with a lot of wind from the snowstorms and whatnot, so that was tough to kind of put that back on bass but at the same time if you if your offense actually completes plays that they should be completing you know with jordan love and and josh allen you don't have to rely on these guys yes they should have kicked it but don't put them in a position to rely on guys who are on far less money than your actual match winners but you know, unfortunately for those two guys, they will have to go in the trash. They'll live to fight another day. They will, for sure. But I, I also don't love the you know, death threats that have been going on, on on social media for both kickers. I think that's rubbish. So if we're putting another thing in the trash, it is some of the fan bases for attacking even anyone, to be honest with you, when it comes to you know, death threats and whatnot. Like, at the end of the day, as passionate as I am, a football fan of you know all codes and whatnot. The last thing you should do is abuse anyone, and 
a player in particular or their families and whatnot on social media because it is just a game. Yes, it means a lot, but you are doing nothing by attacking said person on social media. How does it make you feel any better that you're saying, oh, I'm going to do this to you and your family or whatever? Like, how, how does that make you a better person? It doesn't. People that send those kind of messages should be banned from all social media. They shouldn't be allowed to sign up to anything. I, I can't stand it. I hate it. Nothing worse. It really isn't. Speaking of the Green Bay Packers, let's go now to Jordan Love. Look, for as good as he has been over the last, I don't know, let's call it a couple of months, his decision-making let him down a lot in this game. It did, because he was going up against a secondary that has not been good at all. And he made a few good plays in this game. He really did. But there were a couple of times, and in particular, the, the last play in particular that got picked off. It was awful. He went full Brett Favre, threw it across his body. He didn't need to. He had so much time left in that game with timeouts. Just throw it away, Jordan. Throw the ball away, live to fight another day with another down. Yes, you probably would have, I don't know, eventually worked for another field goal and maybe Carlson would have missed again, but whatever. You've got to give you've got to give your team every possible chance. You didn't need to make that home run play. You didn't. Ridiculous that the the Niners defender there, I think it was of Greenlaw, kept on going. I was like, mate, just get down if you want to if you want to win the game. Unless you want the ball knocked out of you. Yeah, just a bad, bad throw there from Love. Um, but I guess similar to kind of what we said about you know Baker Mayfield, it was still a huge season from him. And you'd think that he's going to get paid a lot of money by the Green Bay Packers. Now they have full confidence in him being the guy. I think a lot of people were questioning it when they drafted him, myself included, a few years back now, playing him behind Aaron Rodgers, but it looks like he is going to be a guy. That team could be one to watch going forward as well because they're super young. Their receiving core is so, so young. They just need to shore up that you know, rush defense going into next season and, and they'll be right back in the playoffs for sure and every chance of you know competing for that division title against the Detroit Lions, no doubt. No doubt. Great season from Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, but decision-making gets him in the trash this week. Um, and finally, let's let's go back to Buffalo. No, we're not blaming Tyler Bass again here. This is going to be pointed right at Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. You know, from looking at the Stefan Diggs drop from Josh Allen, who put it on him on an absolute platter, an 80-yard bomb, really, um, and it went right through Stefan Diggs' hands. And if you saw him coming back from the play, he kind of pointed at it saying, get it higher. Mate, if the ball just went right through your hands, like it did. It couldn't be thrown any better. It was thrown away from the defender. It literally hit you in the hands. You should have caught that ball. You catch that ball, give yourself every chance of going through to the AFC title game. And he should have. Then going back to Josh Allen now, that last drive was pretty much played like they just wanted to keep KC off the field. And to be honest with you, he could have done that. So on the second down, he had Stefan Diggs in a crossing route and had him with ease, second and nine. Even if he gets stopped short there, it would have been like third and short, could have picked up a first down, then you literally just have the ball the whole way through. And you ran on them the whole game. You did. Both Josh and James Cook. Don't want to talk about that 61 and a half uh, rushing yards, but... Why not take off on second and nine instead of throwing it to the end zone for Shakir, who 
was kind of open at the same time, but he threw it short. And then your third down, you had Dalton Kincaid on a cross as well, and you decided to throw the end zone with really give yourself no chance of winning. So you can't blame it on Tyler Bass. You've got to blame it on your guys who are literally on the most money, which was those two guys, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. As good as Allen was, all game on the ground, he really wasn't that good through the air. He wasn't. And Diggs just got absolutely killed by the Chiefs secondary. It was almost unnoticeable. And like I said, dropped the dropped the massive bomb, which which would hurt. And yeah, it's going to hurt him for the for the whole off season. It really will, because you look at next season in that division, the AFC East. You're going to have Aaron Rodgers is going to be back now for the Jets. You're also going to have the Miami Dolphins going to be back again, competing there. Who knows? New England's going to have a new quarterback. They probably won't compete for the title, but they're going to be a lot better than what they were this year. So. Yeah, they are in a very, very tough spot, Buffalo. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason with Diggs and I guess their other receivers too because as of right now, I don't think this roster is good enough to win a Super Bowl. They'll compete and make the playoffs and whatnot, but they just have too many moments where they let themselves down. They do. You know, you look to the other side of the fence, like the Chiefs couldn't have played any worse this year and they are still in an AFC title game. It's ridiculous. It is. It's tough. Anyway, that is our trash done for the divisional round. Why don't we go on our socials now at Trash Talk with D-Bork there. We get a couple of questions this week. Let's start with at Kiz23, Mr. Hines. What do you got for me? Who is or will be the GOAT by 2034? Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes? If you look at it, I hate getting into goat arguments. I really do. <laughs> but I'm going to answer it anyway. Tom Brady won seven rings over a ridiculous career, obviously winning in Tampa Bay for that seventh ring, actually against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, with Patty now winning two. So if we're looking in 10 years' time, how many more... Will Mahomes win by that point? Will he win, I don't know, another five in 10 years? I'm going to say no. I don't see them winning this year. I I think Baltimore beat the Chiefs at the end of the day. And then it kind of gets to a point with Travis Kelsey. He's 34, going on 35 next season. I reckon he's only got max, maybe another one or two in him. And that AFC is only getting a whole lot stronger, I guess, than what it was at the start of their dynasty run. Even though their division is somewhat weak, so they're probably going to get there on the back of him alone. I don't see it as easy or as you know, somewhat seen that these Chiefs are just guaranteed to win a Super Bowl just because of him. I think Tom Brady's still, at the end of the day, going to be you know the overall GOAT. But Mahomes is clearly the GOAT of the younger generation's era. I guess if you want to... Put it that way. <laughs> Overall goat, though, I'm going Tom Brady for, for what he did. I mean, seven rings is is insane. And one, obviously, with with Tampa on the back of winning his six in New England. Yeah, it, it shows how hard it is to to win Super Bowls now and show how easy, I guess, Brady made it look back then. He just, he just had that killer instinct. He really did. And the game was played a lot differently back then, too. You were able to proper hit a quarterback. You can't get hit like that anymore. So it shows for him winning seven rings is just insane. So, yeah, we're going with Tom Brady as the overall GOAT by 2034. But it's not to say Mahomes won't win at the very least two more in the next 10 years, I'll say that. He might get to five by the end of his career. I don't think he reaches seven. But 
Thank you for your question there, Mr. Hines. Let's go to at acero.d. Who on earth is Brian Callahan? <laughs> yeah, this one hurts. It honestly does. Brian Callahan appointed the new coach of the Tennessee Titans. I can't believe you're even asking this question, mate. He was part of the Broncos staff that won a Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers. I thought I thought you were a Denver Broncos fan. <laughs> Coordinator from 2019 with the Cincinnati Bengals. Their Super Bowl year, they averaged 27.1 points per game, which was you know, very, very good if you look at the numbers this year on the back of that. Following year 2022, when they fell just short, probably should have made back-to-back Super Bowls, uh, 26.1, so slightly down. This year was a long way down, mainly probably on the back of Joe Burrow getting hurt. They only averaged about 21.5. But at the same time, even with Burrow in the lineup, they definitely didn't look as good this year as what they have in seasons past. So this hiring for me is just garbage, really it is. So it's like it's like they hit the panic button or they didn't want to, I don't know, spend up at all. Amy Adams Strunk and Rand Carthen, I, I I don't get it. I really don't. Just given the the amount of suitors that are out there, you know, with Belichick and Harbour, you know, Aaron Glenn was a was a big name that we'll be looking at a gig or Benny Johnson if he is leaving Detroit too. So yeah, I think it's trash. I really do. I don't know how this is going to end up. They've got a, a very young roster that he's going to be working with, so you've got to kind of give him time. If they're able to somehow get T. Higgins away from Cincinnati and bring him across, that could be a chance, especially given that he'd be the number one guy there. He wouldn't just be playing alongside Jamar Chase. So that could be a chance, given his ties there to, to Higgins. But, yeah, this one seems like a stretch. It's pretty underwhelming. as a Titans fan that really is. <laughs> yeah. They do this to me all the time. Anyway, that is question time done. Thanks for sending those through as always. Uh, keep keep pushing them through at Trash Talk with D-Walk there on Instagram and TikTok. I appreciate it as always. Now, why don't we run through our best bets for the AFC and NFC title games? Show me the money! Alright, let's run through what we had for last week in the Baltimore-Houston game. We had two player props that were no good with Lamar going under his passing yards and Devin Singletary also no dice there, getting anything on the ground. We did mention in the bonus episode that we were playing the over and that hit. Uh, So went one and two in that game. In the Niners game, we were on the over, 50 and a half there, and that kind of hit a snag late in the third and fourth. Uh, And obviously in those conditions, probably didn't help either, so no good there. Pretty unlucky, to be honest with you, especially on that missed field goal that forces overtime. But anyway, uh, in Detroit, we went 2-0 with the minus 6.5 and the over 48.5 there. An offensive explosion in the second half was great to see. And the last game on the Buffalo Bills, minus 2.5, and they really just didn't do anything. So 4-4 four four overall there, which takes us to 24-21 and 21 overall uh, in for the season and the reels went one and three with the same games there uh no dice whatsoever pretty much the detroit game saluting buffalo and josh allen letting us down late in that piece and yeah the sunday sunday ones were ruined by jordan love and lamar jackson so pretty unlucky they went three and four both on the sunday ones and yeah got ruined by buffalo overall there so 17 and 40 reels on the season so at the moment 
We're going to lock in the Detroit Lions plus the seven at San Francisco in the NFC title game. We're also going to play the over 51 points there. As long as it is dry, this game should have plenty of points. It really should. Both secondaries, I guess, to a certain degree are pretty average. They're very, very bad, to be honest with you. So we should get some elite quarterback play out of Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. In the earlier game, this all counts on Mark Andrews being healthy. If he is, we are going to play the minus 3.5 on Baltimore at home and the over 44.5 against Kansas City Chiefs because as confident as I might be about Baltimore going through, because I think they are a different beast, Mahomes will have enough to to get some points on the board in this one. I think it's going to be... They should be two incredible, incredible games to watch to, to get us into a Super Bowl. We're obviously cheering Detroit to to make the Super Bowl. We called that out at the start of the year. So, yeah, pretty pretty nervous and excited about that one. Kicking off at 10.30 in the morning here in Sydney. So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get loud in this apartment building for sure. <laughs> in our bonus episode tomorrow, we're going to be hitting on some player props. Also, some touchdown scorers in both games, as well as an overall preview for both contests, which is going to be... It's going to be fun, so we'll have that to you coming up tomorrow. But for now, this episode is wrapping up. Thanks, as always, for sending your questions and feedback through there. It's going to be another fun weekend of footy. I can't wait. I'll be speaking to you all tomorrow. Hope you all have a great night. This has been Trash Talk with D-Bork. I am out here.